Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today. Praise God. Amen. Take your Bibles. Meet me in Luke chapter five. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings today. I want to show you first before we do that, a few verses that will build your faith and cause you to get into more of a, what I would call divine alignment with God's blessing plan for your life. Luke chapter five, verse two, we see here that Jesus saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's and asked him to put out a little from the land. Now, let me say that God wants to use your boat. Now that is being a little bit um, like, how can we say uh, using symbolism because you may not have a fishing business. Although if you did, this would certainly uh, connect very, very well. But let's say you have a pizza business or perhaps you have a cosmetic business. Um, but maybe you, you have your own business, whatever that might be. You have to understand that God wants to use your boat, or we could say more technically your business as a platform. He wants to use it as a platform to further his kingdom agenda. And so here in scripture, we see that Jesus used Peter's boat. Now he is going to get into the boat and he's going to teach, but you can't help but notice that out of all the, the amazing sermons and the, you know, like the Beatitudes and things along that line, that this time when he taught, nothing was recorded concerning what he said. So that is not the emphasis here of why this is in the Holy Scriptures. This is in the Scriptures for the sake of Peter and for the sake of all of those who want to be involved in the Lord's kingdom endeavors for increase and for exploits and how to attach along to that. So Jesus uses Peter's boat and the kingdom of God is expressed through preaching and teaching. But as we know, it takes resources in order to be able to do that. It takes the resources of money. Often it also takes equipment and here uh, there's no sound system. Of course, there's no PA system. Those things have not been invented yet. And Jesus wants to use the boat. There's a couple of reasons for that. One of those is for the natural amplification. And as well, the second reason would be because there were, uh, the potential that there was the potential to have crowd control problems. And so if you can just get a little extra space and move back from the front of that crowd, uh, it's going to make everything work a lot easier. So he's using the boat and we see that sometimes we do need more resources than just a preacher standing there. <laughs> we may need cameras. We may need a lighting system and of course on and on it goes. But here's the, here's the beautiful thing. God wants you to be a willing partner with him through the use of your boat, or we could expand it and say through the use of your business. It's like 
It's like you are partnering you and your business with God. And this is very interesting. Dr. Rod Parsley has pointed out before um, the gentleman that often sits there in his congregation, one of his church members that lives, if I'm correct, I think it's like a six hour drive for this man and his wife just to get to church. But they drive there, and although they live in a different state, they drive all the way to go to church there. And of course, that gigantic parking lot. Uh, just uh, two years ago, needed to be redone. Guess who redid the parking lot? Well, this man owns a cement business back in the other state where he lives, and he took all of the equipment that was needed, all of the trucks that was needed, all of his employees that he plays on his payroll that were needed, and he took them all to Columbus, Ohio, where they completely redid the entire gigantic church parking lot, not with asphalt, asphalt is good, but with uh, cement, which is way better. And he did all of that, all the materials at his own expense, all of the uh, labor at his own expense, and all of the, you know, equipment going back and forth on, you know, interstate lines, paying the taxes and tolls and things like that. He did all of that. He did all of that. Why? He took his fishing boat and pulled it up next to the Lord, and the Lord got into the boat. By the way, of course, this man, uh, his wealth has increased dramatically, and he and his wife and his business are extremely, extremely blessed. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, if you have ever been here to our property into the fellowship hall where we have the kitchen, the entire floor, which is Italian tile, and the entire backsplash, which is a very beautiful backsplash, tile backsplash, were all done by a man out of state who drove out of state with, uh, to here, to Moravian Falls, with all of his uh, equipment, with his truck, watch this, with all of the products, all of the, uh, of the best underlayment treatment that could be uh, a waterproof treatment that could be provided and all of the best gear and all of the best equipment and all of the best product to put into the building here. Now, now some of you would think, well, pastor Stephen, why in the world would somebody do that? Number one, they understand that when you have a preacher, whether it's Jesus or whether it's any other minister out there on assignment, that if you pull your business or your boat up next to them and you allow God to get into your boat, then amazing things begin to happen. Wow. Praise God. So this man pulled his uh, tiling business up. And uh, I think today uh, almost every single person involved in that tile job has been promoted at least what I've last heard, onto much, much greater things. Praise God. But it's the same way even with much of the work that was done in the sanctuary, when another man, a businessman again, from out of state, from Virginia, drove hours and hours to come down here, and he owns his own hardware store, and it's a big one, and it's super busy. And he's got a lot of employees, and he has customers coming in all the time, and he would take off time, come down here, 
park his truck. We would set up. Uh, we actually had a motorhome at that time, and we would park the motorhome, and he would just stay in the motorhome and just work here. When he would come, he would bring like uh, trailer loads of brand new drywall, trailer loads of brand new Anderson Silverlight windows, uh, trailer loads of all kinds of brand new products, and they're all they they have all been put into the church at no charge, no charge on the labor, no charge on gas, uh, no charge on the materials. He paid for all of it, and he's blessed. Lives in a 7,000-foot mansion on top of a mountain. Has a business that is flourishing. And he and others understand that when you let Jesus use your boat. Remember, this is a fishing commercial endeavor. This, uh, this is not like something he'd go out on the weekend and fish. This is his full-time living. This is his business. And these men today are greatly, greatly blessed who have done these things, praise God. Now here in our ministry, there's always a need for something. We have this property, which is about two acres. There's always something going on. There's always uh, improvements that we want to keep the property beautiful. And it certainly is. We have received many compliments on that, uh, but that's ongoing work. And there's always something to do in case anybody ever wanted to volunteer. Plus we have the 14.5 acres out by the airport, which we're going to develop for the new television studio. And trust me, there's a lot that can be done out there. Everything from picking up sticks to uh, uh, major, major, uh, uh, major work <laughs> that's, that's going to need to be done. But I'm telling you, I know there are people in God's kingdom who have the equipment, who have the skill, who have the ability. But let me say this also. We do admit, because it's, it's, there for us to read and clearly see that when Jesus wanted to use Peter's boat, Peter, um, he let the Lord know how he was feeling. First of all, no, no success fishing all night. And he's, he's physically wore out. And here's the Lord saying, can I use your boat? And he's just like, you know, he is, he's, he's pretty much um, not feeling like the high, the high rolling CEO of his own business right now. That's often when Jesus shows up. So if you are willing to let the Lord use your boat. Now, look, we all want the boat sinking, mega catch, fish almost like jumping into the boat, sometimes literally, where you've got such an overload of a harvest, you've got to call others in now to help you. You have an overload of customers. You've got so many giant contracts. You're swamped. You'll just, you'll send a few out to be a token blessing, just like David did at Ziklag when he plundered the enemy. It says that he went around giving gifts to the elders of Judah uh, uh, from all of the spoil that he had taken. But my friends, if you want to be able to do things like that. Don't miss the moment when Jesus says, can I use your boat? It was Dr. T.L. Osborne years back who just said, hey, do you want to know how to be rich? And now look, these things are not rocket science. They're in the, the Bible, the, the Gospels. The Bible was written for the average everyday person, whether you're a basic farmer or growing olives or whatever your thing was, it was written so the most average person could understand it. And T.L. Osborne said, do you want to become rich? 
This is how you do it. You find a man of God who is on assignment doing what God has called him to do, and you link up with him, and you say, I am going to join in on this. I'm going to contribute to this. If you are a businessman or a businesswoman, you can say, I am going to allocate a certain portion of our profits towards this work. Praise God. Hallelujah. What did Samaritan's Purse ministry run? Last year, that's one of my lo uh, local neighbor ministries <laughs> here in town, small little ministry over on the side. What did they run last year? I haven't seen their stats for what they ran last year. I know what they ran the year before. It goes up every single year. La uh, the year before in 2021, they ran $770 million. Hello. Think about that. Now that is a Christian ministry. And they probably broke 800 million. I, I hope they did. I hope they had over a billion come in last year. And I hope this year is even bigger for them. Did you know they have corporations? Corporate, listen to me, businesswomen and businesswomen. They have corporations that support them, that are not embarrassed or ashamed to support a Christian ministry. Praise God. Hallelujah. So some of you businessmen and businesswomen, you're sitting back wondering why you haven't caught any fish like the way that you know you potentially could. You haven't had these boatload, massive, overflowing blessings. Some of it is because you've never hitched your business up with a kingdom work where Jesus can get into your boat. And I'm not sure why, but I'll tell you this, God will give you the opportunity to do it. Amen. Woo. Praise the Lord. Amen. So, just walk in those things, walk in those things. At times God sends businessmen and, and businesswomen with particular skill sets here to help us to do certain things. Why? Because if they don't, that means the ministry has to pay for it. Now I've got to go out. Maybe I have to, how, maybe now I have to hire a sinner to do what a Christian over here could have done as a blessing. Jesus could have gotten their boat, give them an overflowing harvest, but they never pulled their boat up or they never allowed Jesus in to the boat. And I know that we can look at these stories and think, well, sure, Peter would do that. But you know what? Jesus still wants in boats today. And a lot of people, they would actually tell the Lord, no, it's an inconvenience. They haven't caught anything recently and on and on it goes. But I'm telling you, that's how you get the boat sinking massive hauls. Praise God. Join yourself, not only to a work. And I'm not only saying that to my online ministry partners and my church members who are connected with this work, but even if I'm not your pastor, even if this is not your, what we would call your, your, your place where you are spiritually fed, but yet you like coming by at times and you enjoy the teaching, I would still highly encourage you wherever you're planted at to join up and hitch up and do everything you can to push that man, that woman's kingdom assignment into success and to the fullness of its calling. And God will help you and your business to reach the same high flying stature as well. Did you ever stop to think? And this was a, this was a revelation I caught because Bishop David Oyedipo in Nigeria, he said that he said that Jesus actually told him this in a visitation that Jesus one time said to him, did you ever stop to think? that the tithe that Abraham gave to Melchizedek was not a personal tithe. It was a corporate tithe. Woo. And so that, that, that is why of course, Bishop Oyedipo and 
his ministry. He is a tithing bishop, and he is he has a tithing ministry. Praise God. My wife and I, we are tithers individually. Anytime money comes into our hands, anytime we receive financial blessing, we tithe. But I want you to know also that this is a tithing ministry. Praise God. And because we are a tithing ministry, there were many last year that received meals that were hungry. There, there were, uh, there was food and medical supplies sent around the world. And that's also how you saw the tithe operate in the old Testament, in the priestly Levitical system that God established for correct procedure of worship. People would give the tithe. The tithe would go uh, to support the priest who were what we would basically call back in those days, full-time ministers, the Levites who supported the priest. And then also they would distribute tithe to the poor. Praise God. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come on, set your sights high. Yes, may the Lord make you a millionaire. But as we've said before, may the Lord make you something greater. May you be able to give a million. And you uh, it, it, don't wait till one day where you can finally do it. Although I trust that one day you will be able to do it. But start where you're at. Maybe you could give uh, this year 10,000. Maybe this year your business could give 20,000 or something along that line. I tell you, I'm telling you, you get Jesus in your boat. That's where the miracle increase takes place at. All right. Now let's work the basics. Let's give the Lord the tie that belongs to him. And let's also uh, give offerings as the Holy Spirit leads us to give. For those of you that are going to mail in your tithe, your offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, our zip code 28654. Now, if you want to go online and bring your tithes and offerings in online, you can do so from anywhere, literally in the world. I think that the farthest place right now where tithes and offerings come in is from New Zealand. We have online church members in New Zealand and also of course in, in Australia. So they're coming in from the bottom of the world, even from China, from uh, throughout Asia. And of course also from uh, many of our partners, online church members here in America. Amen. So you can bring them in online at stephenbrooks.org, the homepage of our ministry website. And you'll see a red heart and it says give click that link and you can bring your tithes in right there there's also an orange banner that says projects so if you want to give an offering on top of your tithe well hallelujah you're certainly welcome to do that maybe you could end up like good old um what was his name rl uh torno the man that founded torno heavy industries uh the uh gigantic earth moving equipment everything you know caterpillar and all that technology sp spun out of all of that and all of this gigantic mining equipment, it all came out of the mind of that man who gave God the tithe. And one day, eventually, he and his wife reached the point where they were giving away 90%, and they only kept 10% for themselves. So have some fun. Give an offering. Amen. Also, <laughs> click on the orange banner, offering. Uh, offerings and you'll see, or excuse me, projects, and you'll see the various things we're worked on, uh, including uh, the Pure Gold TV program. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, television airtime is it's expensive. It is the biggest part uh, of the TV budget. But at the same time, if you really knew the numbers, um, it's not like where it's out of reach where one person 
couldn't step up and say, hey, I'll, I'll give a I'll give a thousand a month towards that. And I'm telling you, you'd be shocked at what we can do with with uh, with giving like that. Two thousand. Somebody said, I'll give you two thousand a month to cover this. I could reach a hundred million people every week with two thousand dollars a month. I absolutely could. I know a global international television network. I can get on it right now. Boom. Teach, 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 teach. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Come on, pull your boat up. Amen. Woo. Some of you have been fishing all night. Amen. Pull your boat up. Let the Lord get in your boat today. Amen. Praise God. All right. Heavenly Father, bless your people. Amen. This is the greatest year of their life. This is a year of unprecedented financial miracle breakthrough. And we thank you, Father God. It is going on now. Bless your people in Jesus name. Amen. Woo. Praise God. Thank you for your giving. Praise the Lord. Now let's take our Bibles and go over today to Mark chapter three. This certainly is a very interesting Scripture, praise God. Mark chapter 3, and let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we're going to jump into your word, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come breathing, breathing life, light, illumination upon your word. Help us to see it, understand it, and not sit back with it, but take it and apply it today. Thank you for helping us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And may the Lord bless all of those who are continuing their fast. I know some of you are probably maybe perhaps at the uh, near end of your fast. God bless you as you wrap that up. Um, we, many of us were doing a 21 day fast earlier and I, I'm still, when I, you know, I finished my time of fasting, uh, concluded on the 24th day but still get really, really thirsty. You know, when you're drinking lots of liquid water and juice for, you know, uh, over 20 days and suddenly you stop, you're still, you're like, you're, you're like thirsty all the time. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. I'm not even really still even really hungry yet. Still just seem like I'm thirsty all the time. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. All right. Well, we're in Luke chapter five. Oh, sorry about that. Mark chapter three. Let's go to Mark chapter three, uh, down to verse seven. But Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea and a great multitude. Please say that with me today, wherever you're at, just say a great multitude. So you have to understand that when the Lord ministered in that phenomenal, unlimited anointing that was riding on him, it's not like the crowd had 20 people. It's, it's more like the crowd had 20,000 people. So when you visualize this, um, we understand that movies and TV shows uh, representing the life of Jesus, you're going to have a hard time getting that many actors. So maybe we have seen uh, these portrayals and you see people sitting on the pasture land or something like that. But really, I mean, the crowds were just, they were gigantic. And a great multitude from Galilee followed him and from Judea, verse 9. So he told his disciples that a small boat should be kept ready for him because of the multitude, lest they should crush him. And yes, that was a real threat. I mean, you have to understand, you get gigantic crowds together like that, and people are pushing, and miracles start happening. People want to want to get to the front, and not everybody's polite in doing that. There's, there can be shoving and there can be, and I, I have been, seen a couple of meetings like that where people are like, there are desperate 
for a touch from God. It, I'm talking about when the anointing's really flowing, and um, you better have some ushers. Uh, or, you know, you could, you could have some problems. And so Jesus made sure that they had a, a buffer so that wouldn't happen, lest they should crush him. And that's the last thing we want is for Jesus to be taken out somehow <laughs> with uh, something like that when his, when his purpose is not yet accomplished. But we need to be aware of those types of things. Praise God. All right, verse 20. Then the multitude came together again so that they could not so much as eat bread. Again, keep, keep in your mind these, these gigantic crowds. Woo, praise God. Here we go, verse 21. But when his own people heard about this, let's stop just for a moment. Uh, some paraphrased translations, which are good. I, I enjoy reading them too. It says here that his own family members. Well, that's not in the Greek. It's not family members. It is it, uh, the New King James Version got it right. It says, when his own people, when his own people. Uh, some translations say, when his own friends. So we're not going to force his family members into this text, although we will certainly find some places for them uh, in another scripture that we'll look at in a minute. But, you know, we've all got friends. And, you know, uh, you start grabbing more friends when you're uh, in junior high, when you're a teenager, any, any teenager, you know, as their brains are still forming, uh, teenagers are like horses. They have to have company. You have to have a group that you feel that you belong to. If you don't, it's like utter torment. Uh, and so you want a place where you can belong. And so as you begin to develop normally and healthily, uh, you, you pick up friends. You live in a small town. You, you, you all know each other. You got your buddies. You got your friends and stuff like that. And that's nice. Well, it says when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him for they said, he is out of his mind. <laughs> And there, uh, there are friends who don't really know you. And when you know God, but they don't know the God that you know, but maybe they're still your friends. And the, suddenly they see this, that all they can do is relate to you from that natural perspective. Oh, we, we used to throw football together. We used to sit around the campfire together and roast marshmallows and eat hot dogs. So this side of Jesus, they are stunned. They don't understand it. So some translations say that they said he's gone crazy. He's completely lost his mind. And so um, you're going to have to deal at times with some, maybe even of your friends who don't understand your commitment to the word the way you are and why you're like that. Verse 22, and the scribes who came down from Jerusalem, now, the scribes were just that. They were scribes. These were the ones who would be very well versed in the law because uh, there was no printing press. There was no Xerox copy machine. Uh, you couldn't just take a scripture or a page from the Bible, lay it on the scanner, and, you know, scan it off to everybody. None of that existed. It all had to be handwritten. You didn't even really have paper back then. So you're working with writing on goat skins or maybe at the best, uh, you know, uh, some good papyrus paper, and then you got to put it in a clay jar and seal it up and all those types of things. But, uh, you know, when you write something all day long, you're going to, you know, you're copying it all the time. You're going to know what it is intellectually, at least, and you're going to probably be able to memorize it 
because when you write it, it sticks a whole lot more. Well, they came down from Jerusalem. They said to him, he has Beelzebub and by the ruler of the demons, he cast out demons. Okay. So now we're having a problem with the religious fuddy-duddies, the scribes, the representatives of the old wine who know the Torah, who know the prophets really good up here in their head, but it has never gotten into their hearts. And they actually call the Messiah uh, one who is possessed by Beelzebub. So they don't get it either. They don't understand what it's about. And they're the ones that you could say would be like the Bible publishers. They are the uh, Bible printing companies and they still don't get it. Matter of fact, when I was in my early twenties, I just walked into a building one time and it had something about missions on it. And I was a young college student. I was curious what this building was. I'd drive by it and, and it always a lot of cars parked outside. And I, uh, I just went inside and stood in the lobby and uh, a man came out real nice. I found out that within a few minutes, he told me that he was the general manager over the whole property. And this was a, a, a wonderful ministry that was printing Bibles, printing Christian literature, and they were sending it all over the world, primarily mainly to missionaries. And it was just good material, but they're mainly uh, printing uh, low cost Bibles and things like that. And he said, well, let me uh, take you back here and show you around. And he took me back to the guy that was doing all the printing. And this guy was like utter snob, uh, arrogant. He was like so proud of what he was doing that he didn't want anybody else involved in it. He was the printer of the Holy Scripture. Uh, yep, he sure was, and he did it uh, full-time, nine hours a day, and he was as rude and as spiritually uh, snooty-tooty and arrogant and just, uh, uh, just cold like cold that uh, even if Jesus would have walked in to see how it was going, he would have insisted that Jesus got out because uh, this is his thing. So watch out for that old wine thing. Amen. And so there are these pushbacks uh, against why you are into the word, not like they are, though. You're into it because you, you're endeavoring to get it into your heart. For them, they just want it in their head. Maybe they show off, quote a bunch of scriptures, <laughs> which doesn't do anything to the devil. He, the devil laughs at all of that stuff. That doesn't move him at all. If you don't have it in your heart, which is where real... Uh, the faith of God is at, uh, it's not going to back the enemy off at all. So you can play all these other religious games and maybe get away for it for a while, maybe kind of cruise through life and you think you're doing okay until you run into a real problem where you need God. But now you're in a mess because if you don't know how to use your faith in God's word, you, you can't get these stories to come alive and work for you where you can have your own testimony. And uh, life seems to have a way eventually of throwing you these curveballs where you will find out whether it's going to really work for you or not. And the only way it will is if it's in your heart. Praise God. Well, let's move on. Let's go to uh, the Gospel of Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Praise God. And we're going to drop down to verse 19. Hmm. Then his mother and brothers came to him and could not approach him. Why? Because of the crowd. 
Well, Pastor Steve, there must have been probably at least 12 people in there. My friends, right now on planet Earth, there's over 1 billion tongue-talking Christians. Over 1 billion. I'm not talking about all of the others that would maybe be classified as evangelical or other streams within the body of Christ. Just within the church alone, there's over 1 billion Christians that talk in tongues. God's work and God's kingdom is not little, some little thing hiding underneath a rock somewhere <laughs> being done back behind the back of a shack somewhere. It is on a global level. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And I don't think his mom and brothers quite understood that. They thought maybe Jesus was going to have a little rinky dink thing. Just, you know, kind of maybe do a few meetings and get it out of the system. Then his mother and brothers came to him and could not approach him because of the crowd. Now, we're not going to give Mary a hard time. We know that this was a great challenge for her of trying to balance this in her mind and in her heart. All of these phenomenal prophecies, uh, not to mention the virgin birth and all of this other stuff that she's weighing, realizing the, the miracle nature of this child, now of this man, and all of the promises associated with him. But at the same time, there was a part of her where she wasn't quite catching it, at least not consistently, what this is all about and who he actually is. Then his mother and brothers came to him and could not approach him because of the crowd. And it was told him by some who said, your mama, your mama, <laughs> your mother, technically, and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. Wow. Can you imagine how stupid that would have looked if Jesus would have said, oh, oh, my mama's out there. Oh, well, let me run. Let me go running right now. Oh, mama, I need a hug. Mama, come here, mama. Oh, mama, so good to see you. Give me a kiss right here. <laughs> Lord, have mercy on some of these weak, wimpy men that are, in some terms, mama's boys. Woo! Mama! Oh, mama! <laughs> <laughs> okay, when you're when you're 11 years old, okay, yes, amen. But hey, when you get married and uh, you get kids, uh, you need to get the mama thing out of your system. Praise God. Yes, always honor your parents. <laughs> but how many of you know of the limp-wristed mama's boy that grew up and uh, now mama's trying to control his marriage because he's more committed to mama than he is to his own wife. And when he, when he has a problem with his marriage, he doesn't, he doesn't try to work it out with his wife. He runs back to mama and tells mama all of the problems. And then she gets on the phone and calls uh, her uh, daughter-in-law. And, and then the next thing you know, uh, he's now uh, living over there with mama. Lord have mercy. And it was told him by some who said, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered and said to them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. I think Mary and his brothers kind of backed up a little bit. <laughs> said, oh, We're not going to bother him right now. <laughs> Whoa. Where did that come from? <laughs> Woo. Mm -mm -mm. These things are very, very interesting. Very interesting. By the way, 
you can, you can really be into these things of the Lord, but others aren't. And maybe they're even friends. Maybe they're even, um, scribes or other ministers who have no interest in talking about any, any of this at all. Maybe it's even your own family members and maybe they even go to church or something like that. And they're happy with their salvation content just to cruise now, but you start getting into the things of God. And, uh, sometimes it can be a little bit lonely because you realize they're not into the word the way that I am. Now they can talk about the weather all day long. And if you want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys or you want to talk about the New York Yankees, oh, well, brother, you can talk for hours and hours unending. They come alive. But if you start to talk about scriptures or how a certain Bible verse is ministering to you, uh, they, 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 it's like they're lost. They, they, they don't know what to do. Mm-mm. And so in Jesus's meetings, here's how it worked. If you didn't get there early, probably hours before the meeting ever start, you probably weren't even going to be able to get into the meeting. Much less get on the front row. If you're sitting on the front row of Jesus's teaching sessions, you are one hungry person because you've got thousands that want that spot. <laughs> Woo! Hunger. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Thank you, Jesus. Here's the reality, my friends. Nobody who has waited for hours and hours to get that seat up front is going to give up, is going to get up and give it up to you just so you can now take it now. And you're coming in late. No, you ain't getting my seat. You can go stand or wait outside. And we're, and Jesus doesn't exempt this for mama, for brothers or for others. If you're not hungry, you can stand under a tree somewhere. Praise God. Jesus is going to be teaching. Amen. Mm -mm. By the way, why do they show up late? Why? And then they're all shocked by the crowds. I can't believe people are into this. Yep. They're into it by the millions, millions and millions and millions. And if you're not, you're the weirdo, not them. Mm -hmm. Why, why did they show up late? How, How come they're not in the meetings? Wow. Hmm. Why? They did not put a premium on God's word. They did not put a premium on God's word. There was a disconnect somewhere along the line. And it's, it's proven also in verse 21, but he answered and said to them, my mother, my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That's where the premium is at on those who hear it. And do it. And you certainly can't do it if you don't hear it. And not only that, but you need to be hearing it over and over and over again. Why? There is so much out there that's trying to wash away what you just heard. And you just heard it, and you'll have circumstances sometimes released by the devil, just like a well-timed email uh, sent out strategically to try to steal and rob your joy and faith from what you just heard ministered to you. Mm, 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 mm. So you need to do what? You need to hear it often. Why did God allow the creation of YouTube, which many of you are watching me on right now? Why has God moved upon the hearts of many, even if as unbelievers, to create all of these podcast platforms? We're on over 16 of them. Take your pick. 
Praise God. There's a lot of people, they like, to, they like to listen audibly. They don't really need the video. They want the audible so that they can do maybe like a menial task, like wash dishes or wash a car while listening to the teaching. Why do we have all of this today? I'll tell you why. So you can wake up in the morning and hit click, start playing. And it just starts playing. The teaching starts going. The teaching starts going. And you can sit at Jesus' feet just like that. But if you wake up and you start just pumping in all the news, you start pumping in everything negative before you know it, you'll get into worry and fear. But if you just start putting that good word in all the time, all the time, praise God, you'll get such strength and you can stay on the task. You can stay over your assignment until you get it accomplished. Mm, 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 mm. Yes, but you'll have many others. They're just not into that. Well, that's that's okay. Go ahead and stay sick. That's okay. Go ahead and struggle financially. If you're not into that, just enjoy then the way things are, because that's what you want it, and that's the way it is. Don't complain with what you have. Mm -mm. But Jesus said the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. He's not talking about pulling out a gun and shooting somebody. He's talking about a violent faith that says, I want what Jesus has made available for me. I want what God has promised for me, and I'm serious about this. I'm not playing games. Woo, hallelujah. Mm -mm. Mm, I think a few, few of you are uh, maybe reevaluating some friendships. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 10, please. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Let me grab a little drink of hot tea. Praise God. Mm, mm, mm. Mm. Woo! Mm, mm. I stood on the street corner one day uh, as, a young, as a young man in college. I just got baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I was just like on fire for the things of God, the things of Pentecost. And I was, I was just being blown away by what rightfully belongs to me. Miracles, healing. Uh, you don't have to be poor. God will, God will help you financially. Uh, the gifts of the Spirit. And I was, I, was like, I was like wired with joy. <laughs> and so I was talking to the former uh, uh, ministerial pastor over the uh, church group that I used to belong to there at the college, the college group. He was the highly degreed and highly educated uh, uh, theologian of the group. And uh, so he was like the uh, collegiate pastor. And um, I saw him on the, on the street corner, literally on a corner right across from the campus, very, very busy intersection. And I, I was wanting to ask him questions, and he just had, had no interest in discussing any of this. And I was, I was wanting to uh, uh, discuss these things with him. And he said, uh, you know, Stephen, he said, I just do my journaling. I just, I, I just do a little reading, do my journaling. That's all you need to do. You'll be fine. And a lady pulled up, a single lady that he was not married to, jumped into the car with her and rode off. <laughs> I was like, where are they going? What are they doing? Is he doing that all the time? Yeah, yeah, he probably was. <laughs> I guess he was going to go over into a dark corner and talk theology with her. Yeah, I'm sure. Right. Lord, have mercy on the stupidity of carnality. Verse 38. Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village. And a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary. We've all heard the story. Who sat, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving. 
And she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Mm, wow. Praise God. What is that one thing that's needed? We find it very clearly in verse 39. She had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. So here's the thing. We may think, well, Pastor Stephen, well, well sure, if Jesus was staying at somebody's house and he's going to be teaching at 8 o'clock in the morning, yeah, I'd, I'd make arrangements to be there. But here's the thing. He's still teaching today. He's still teaching today, but uh, if you don't show up, uh, you still are going to miss out. Well, Pastor Stephen, uh, Jesus left the planet. Yes, we know that he has ascended. He is now in heaven at the Father's right hand side, and he is going to come back physically one day very, very soon. But he's still teaching through the Holy Spirit, and he's still teaching through anointed ministers who are expounding and uh, bringing forth the truths and the realities of God's Word. Praise God. And this is why we need to be still sitting at the Lord's feet so that we can receive the strength that we need to accomplish what He has called us to do. By the way, this process is also how you dissolve completely away worry. And it could be very valid things that would uh, entice a person to worry. And this is also how you overcome the problems that at different times we all encounter in life. Some days, some weeks, maybe some months, things can go real smooth, but then at other times you can have problems that pop up and you're like, wow, the, this is a problem. We need to deal with this. Now, uh, sometimes problems, uh, according to their magnitude, can lead people to be tempted to get over into worry and fear and things like that. But in verse 41, we obviously see that when we sit at the Lord's feet, that it removes these things. Verse 41, and Jesus answered and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. Okay, so when you sit at the Lord's feet, it first of all dissolves worry, and then it presents to you solutions and ideas of how you can move forward to solve and deal with the trouble or the problem that you would be facing. Mm -mm. Can I tell you something crazy? Crazy. Woo! I have, I have ministered to people before in hospitals that are in a real pickle of a situation where if they don't get a miracle, uh, you're going to leave the planet from this hospital bed. Okay? So they're in the hospital. And I have ministered to people before in hospitals they're sitting there, maybe in a hospital room all by themselves, and you know what they're doing? They're watching some stupid, idiotic TV show up on the screen on the TV, maybe of a, of a crude sitcom, maybe of a, uh, like one of these talk shows where you get a bunch of talking hits together, and all they're doing is talking about baloney, okay, or something like that, and they're on the verge of entering into eternity, and that's all they're doing is sitting there and listening to that. And instead, 
while laying there, you, you could take your phone and you could put a YouTube on and you could listen to teaching that would get you up off of that sick bed. Hallelujah. That'll get you up out of that situation. But you know what? You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Mm, 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 mm. Praise God. I've talked to people before that, um, that have been in hospitals and I'm like, well, what you listening to? And they would tell me what they're listening to. I'm like, well, why are you listening to that? <laughs> That's not what you need right now. <laughs> what is that going to do to help you with the situation that you're facing right now? Well, you know, uh, Pastor Stephen, that's a good, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. You're running out of time also. Woo. Praise God. Amen. So if you will just sit at his feet and start getting the word into you, it starts dripping into you like an IV and life and strength. It'll start to come into you. And the next thing you know is I can get out of this. I can beat this. I cannot only get back to a place where I'm like got my nose above water, but I can, I can begin to thrive. Praise God. And you absolutely can. There's always a way forward with the Lord. But if you don't take that time to labor in the word, and that's also why it says for the, for the ministers that labor in the word and in teaching, they deserve double honor. Why it, you can't come up with stuff like that without getting into the book and getting spiritual food. That'll feed people folks. We've got preachers today standing behind pulpits who are using movies rated are movies full of nudity and profanity where God's name is cursed, where the night before the whole church watched the movie together, and now the Sunday morning message is by the pastor uh, who's preaching on life themes that we can learn and glean from the movie that we watched. I tell you what, that's just like, uh, th- this is some crazy stuff that's going on. Crazy stuff. Mm-mm. You know, we're in the last days when crazy stuff like this is happening, but my friends, we are moving into the glory moment of God. Hallelujah. And what God is about to do is going to be such a release of glory and power that the, that, that multitudes are going to flock to it. Hallelujah. Woo. Praise God. Amen. And I believe I'm speaking to people that, uh, are that, that you have an understanding of your destiny that you're born for this moment to, uh, experience the best that God has for you to allow God to position you as a sign and a wonder and as a brightly illuminated star leading many to righteousness, not leading many to silliness and goofiness. Mm-hmm. Woo. Praise God today. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Well, we understand that often, even where there is, it's the Marthas or maybe some of the scribes, maybe some of our own family members, Maybe even some friends, perhaps, we understand that for many of them, we're probably not going to find them on the front row of the Jesus Christ Evangelistic Associating, uh, Association public meeting. Uh, we're probably not going to even find these people, many of them, in the meeting. Now, they, might, they might not even know where their Bibles are at. They might not even have one, okay? But you must go on with the Lord. Mm, praise God. And you must talk about these things with those who you can relate to, those of like precious faith. We see that in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house. 
talk of them. When you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So what you're doing is you're, in, you're endeavoring to give the Word of God preeminence in your life so that you know what it is instructing you to do, and so that you take it and apply it in your life. And you talk about it. You talk about it, and you have those within your circle of friendship. And there are seven levels of, of friendship levels, but those in your closer circle, you talk about the things of God. Praise the Lord. And yes, I can talk sports with somebody if we need to. I can, I can, I can talk weather. Okay, we can, we can do all of that, okay? Um, but look, uh, these other things is where the life is at, where you, you, you go to sleep talking about it. You wake up, boom, hit the video. I got to get that in my spirit. I want to hear that again. I want to get that. It's feeding me with like spiritual life. And so then you share good things with others. I had a, a Catholic uh, friend of mine, university professor at a Catholic university. He emailed me uh, a teaching uh, from, the, uh, from the St. Thomas Aquinas. Now, of course, this man, Thomas Aquinas, wrote uh, oh, a tremendous amount of material. He only lived to the age of 48, but I, I think within his age... Because he was sent off to uh, a monastery at the age of five. And so from the age of five and on, it was constant, constant education and learning and learning the scriptures and learning the things of God that although he only lived to be 48, he, he I think he, he like, it's like he packed in the lifetime of like uh, of multiple uh, life experiences because he, he did so much writing uh, and he's left behind a lot of writings, although he lived 700 years ago. Right now, currently today, there are 6,000 commentaries on his writings because they were so good. And he's known in the Catholic Church as the angelic doctor, the doctor of the church in the sense he was the master teacher. So my university professor friend sent me over the teachings of Thomas Aquinas on the subject of tithing. <laughs> and you talking about off the charts. Good. It was, it was incredible. Now remember Thomas Aquinas lived from 1226 to 1274. So he lived in the middle ages, but uh, also at that time period, you know, he's living right after one of the greatest Torah scribes, of, you know, the last 2,000 years, and that was the man known as Mammonides, who uh, any uh, young Jewish boy going off to the yeshiva, uh, they're going to read everything that man commented on in the Old Testament scriptures. They call him Rambam. And anytime, actually, I teach out of the Old Testament scriptures, I also want to know what he said. Why? Because so much of the uh, rabbinical, rabbinical literature and teachings were also passed down orally. And this man was like a walking encyclopedia. So Thomas Aquinas followed right after him. So he had access to all of his incredible Torah teachings. And, and also because he studied under uh, St. Albert the Great, one of the greatest teachers of the day, he had theology, he had Torah, and he had Christ in his heart as a born-again believer. So this, this man, plus with all of that education, became one of the most brilliant teachers ever, probably the greatest teacher ever in the Catholic Church. 
And I've read some of his writings before, but for some reason I never had read his theology on tithing. And you're talking about good. My goodness, it's some of the most phenomenal teaching on tithing. Matter of fact, um, a couple of years back, I had a, a, a ministry partner, a dear uh, Roman Catholic woman. She was a charismatic Catholic, and she really loved my ministry. She liked my teaching, but she did not like tithing. So because I teach tithing a lot, as you can tell, she eventually kind of de detached from my ministry, and I guess she's doing other things today. But um, you know what? There are some people that no matter who teaches them tithing, there are some Christians, they're just not going to receive it because there's some kind of something other they've got against God and that there's something about God they don't understand. So they're not going to do it. But I'll tell you one thing, when she gets to heaven, I'm not going to teach her about tithing. And when she gets to heaven, Jesus himself is not going to teach her about tithing. She'll have one of her very own St. Thomas of Aquinas. He'll sit her down and he'll teach her what she should have learned the whole time, but refused. Wow. You talk about off the charts, incredibly good teaching. And he would give all of the reasons of why certain theologians said, we don't need the tithe anymore. And he would respond to every single one of their criticisms and just completely disarm all of them. And I tell you what, he was brilliant. He was, he was a genius actually, but extremely, extremely phenomenal teaching. So that I, you know, I talk about stuff like that. I'm like, wow, look at this point. Can you believe he said that? <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's just, it's, it's so good. It's so good that you're like, how come somebody can't get it? Because they're not wanting to take it to heart. But, and you know, they, they have all of these different thoughts in their head. But you know what? When you, love the, when you love the Lord, it's something that you want to do. And when you love his word, and that word that's feeding you, what do you want to do? You want to talk about it with others. Amen. These are, I really believe these, you could call these love letters from God to man. And I say man, I'm talking about mankind. And it tells you how to live, tells you how to please him, tells how to please the, the heavenly judge and how to live your life on earth to please any earthly judge so that you're living in a righteous way. And so that you're also made ready for heaven. Woo, praise God. Cause that's where we're going. That's where we're going. Hallelujah. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise God. The Lord is good. My friends, put it in your heart. You will notice, like I have, it takes work to keep it at the forefront because other stuff wants to get in there and be number one. So you really have to work to find, first of all, a scripture that's feeding you, a message that's feeding you, and then absorb it through meditation into your spirit so that it feeds your inner man, it fuels your faith, and keeps you on, on target so that you, you could do those things that God called you to do. Because if that faith begins to wither and it gets weak, then it's like, uh, it's like a car ran out of gas. Or if you have a Tesla, it's like the battery's out. So you've got to stay strong, and that's how you do it. That's how you do it. Stay at the Lord's feet. Lift your hands. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Jesus is not just teaching. Okay. He's teaching what you need to hear to build specific faith to achieve specific results. If you're laying in the hospital on a sick bed with a terminal uh, diagnosis, why are you trying to find out who the Antichrist is? You have to understand that 
you're going to be dead and gone before that even happens. No, you need healing pumped into you. Scriptures on divine healing pumped into you. Just it's like jamming and cramming for an exam test. Get it into your spirit. Get it into your spirit. That's what'll get you up off that sick bed. Praise the Lord. Now miracles. Yes. Miracles. Many times raw miracles for unbelievers who have zero knowledge of God's word. And that those miracles often accompany the ministry office of the evangelist. But once you become a believer and you start getting some experience in your walk with the Lord, the Lord's not going to treat you like a baby with diapers anymore. He's going to expect you to receive provision, miracles, healing, whatever you need the same way that all of the other saints have to get it on the earth. That's through the, re the exercise and use of your faith. So you better get at his feet and listen and take notes and get there early so you can get a seat. Heavenly Father, I pray for your people today. I thank you that people all over the world are taking it. They are pressing in the violent, take it by faith. We, we do understand, Father, that some are still in bed and have no interest. But Lord, they're falling further behind. And we're getting closer and closer to the most amazing breakthroughs. Father, we thank you for your glory. We thank you for visitations. We thank you for power encounters, miracle breakthroughs. Thank you, Father God, for the power of your word working in our lives and for giving us your grace to lift others, to lift others and to restore hope. And we give you praise for this because we thank you, Father, that you want us to minister out of the overflow. So to be overflowing, we have to be filled up. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Praise God. Amen. By the way, I wash dishes after I'm filled up. Hallelujah. I, I serve the beans and I uh, order the pizza after I'm filled up. Or watch out, you'll become a Martha. You'll become an expert Martha. And it's great to have some nice home cooking in Martha's house. But wow, when you need a miracle, that, uh, that mashed potato meal that, that doesn't have any, any appeal. Praise God. You need the word. You got to put it number one. Amen. Praise the Lord. If you're watching today and you've lived your whole life and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, today is the day to make your peace with God. Don't let the devil lie to you and deceive you and cause you to wait another hour. Give your life to Jesus now and he'll save you right now and you'll be ready for heaven. Praise God. If you are a backslidden Christian, you used to love God, but obviously something went wrong. You went off into the world and you went off into sin. Maybe you felt like you had some justification for doing it. Maybe you were offended. Maybe something happened at church that really misrepresented the Lord and you had a, you had a wrong reaction. But nevertheless, you have fallen away from God. You need to rededicate your life to the Lord right now as I lead you back and lead the lost into uh, the Lord's presence. Okay? Let's all pray together. Say, Lord Jesus... Come into my heart. I give my life to you completely. Wash all of my sins away. Write my name in your book of life. And step into my life today. And let me spend time with you. Through your grace. Waiting at your feet. Hearing your word. And then applying what I have heard. Thank you, O oh God, for saving me.
Thank you, O God. In your name I pray. Amen. And amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and say amen. Woo. Glory to God. <laughs> Woo. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Well, let's take Holy Communion today. I want to encourage you to grab some unleavened bread. If you don't have one of these little wafers, you know, get a piece of bread. Just tear a little piece of bread off from a bread loaf. Get a cracker or something like that. And grab yourself some grape juice. And no, it doesn't have to be in a shiny silver goblet. You can get a plastic cup or a paper cup, whatever you have available. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the bread and the juice. We bless it and we set it apart as holy. We thank you that this is now the body and the blood of Jesus. And Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we receive his word. We receive his promises, and we thank you for your glory being manifested in our lives. Thank you, Father, that all of your promises are yes and amen, and that it's impossible for you to lie. Hallelujah. Father, we, we receive Jesus, the truth and the life. Amen. Let's receive his flesh. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you that we have been purchased by his blood. We thank you that the devil doesn't even own uh, a hair of our head. He doesn't even own not even a little piece of our toenail. He has no possession of us. We belong to you, O God, and we celebrate that Jesus is our King and our Lord, and we belong to his kingdom. We thank you, Father God, that we have been purchased, redeemed through his blood. And Father, as we receive the Lord's blood, we thank you for full cleansing from all sin. We thank you for righteous standing with you. And Father, if anybody has sinned against us, we forgive them, and we bless them, and we move on in you. We thank you, Father, this is a week of miracles, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's partake together. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory. Praise God. If you're watching me and you're somebody that's wearing a neck brace, You've got one of those foamy padded neck braces on. Put your, if you can, put one of your hands back there, just like this. If you can't get your hand up there, it's okay. Just get it as close as you can. I'm going to pray for you. In the name of Jesus, I speak healing into your neck. Now, receive healing in Jesus' name, God's power, going right into that area of your head. You're feeling heat. And God is healing you right now. God is doing a miracle right now. Okay, now lift both hands and begin to praise him and thank him, receive it, take it by faith. Father, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Let's see, that would be the, for you, I believe it's your right ear. Uh, I'm sensing that it's right here, but I know I'm, things are flipped on the camera. Either, either way, there's ringing in the ear. And I, so right now, put your hand up on your ear. If it's both ears, put both hands on both ears. But I'm getting, I'm getting that it's your right ear. I rebuke uh, tinnitus. I rebuke ringing in the ear. 
Loose them now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Go. Amen. And it just went. Praise God. Amen. Lift your hands and thank Him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory. 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 Praise God. Something's wrong with your blood. Something's wrong with your blood. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Could be somebody that actually has uh, an HIV diagnosis. But something's, uh, something's wrong with your blood, and it's been verified through a blood test. Okay, so let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would do a miracle. Put, put your hand on your heart. I pray you do a miracle for this person now and bring your healing right now into their body. I rebuke the disease, the sickness. I rebuke it in Jesus' name. And you've repented, too. And you're, 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 you're weeping right now. And God's healing you right now. I release healing into your body now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go on with the Lord. Amen. Because God's given you a miracle. Father, we thank you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Glory. Glory to God. Uh, heart irregularity. Uh, there's a word for that. Some of you would probably know what that is. But the heart's not beating um, with a normal steady beat. If that's you, put your hand over your heart. I rebuke that, that irregular heartbeat. Be healed in Jesus' name. Right now, be healed in Jesus' name. Glory. Glory to God. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We don't always have to know the names of these diseases. I know it's like a heart uh, arrhythmia, whatever they call that. But the Lord knows what it is. God's dealing and touching uh, you right now. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We praise you. We praise you. Somebody, uh, I think it's the kidney. Uh, it's, it's right back in here in this back area of your back, right back here. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, be healed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Take your healing right now by faith. Praise God. You feel God's presence back there. Some of you will also... Uh, it's not required, but some of you, you're going to get a witness of the Holy Spirit. There's supernatural fragrance right now being released. Receive that in Jesus' name, because God is bearing witness of His Word with signs, wonders, miracles following. Oftentimes, one of those signs is a beautiful fragrance, and you're going to, you're going to catch that. You might not even catch it right now. It could be later today, but it's saying that God is with you, and God is doing that work and completing and finishing that work in you. Now, Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. You're also going to heal finances. We thank you, Father. We give you praise. Miracles are going to happen, and your people are going to see it. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name, help your people. Show them what they must do to move forward. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, we give you all of the praise. We say, God, that you're a good God. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. My friends, thank you. For watching today. By the way, if you have specific prayer requests, we pray over every single prayer re request that comes into the ministry. And we can't respond to every single one, but I will tell you this we do pray over every single one. Praise the Lord. If you have a specific prayer request, email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org. Praise God. Okay, have a great week. This is a miracle week. Amen. And I'll see you back again real soon. Bye-bye.